City Hope, I want to challenge you and your family. We can affect thousands and thousands of families in Mobile and Baldwin County this year. This has been something we've been doing for 12, 13 years. It's part of our heart, and we've learned over the years, and we expand and we do it differently. This time, because the relationships within the school system, we're able to personally identify specific needs. It's going to be incredible. There, I, I, want you to, I want you to do it. I want you to give. I want you to serve. But even outside of this house, people who want to get involved and give and be part of this, we want you to be part of this because literally there, there are thousands of families in our community that could use 80 pounds of food at Christmas with a turkey and a ham. They could use gifts or a bicycle for their children. And I want us to be part of that. And uh, I, I'm really excited about it. I really am. So I want you to get in plugged in, okay? All right, all right, all right. Well, this has been an incredible week for us in the Taylor family because we have a new grandson. So let me introduce you to Maxwell Cohen. Trey and Becky's little guy was born Friday. He is uh, coming home this afternoon. And so that I don't have to answer this later, he weighs 7 pounds, 10 ounces. Uh, so just so you know. But uh, they're doing great, and we're all excited because uh, Trey gets a man in the house with all these girls, so it's going to be good. Yeah. Well, uh, if you have your Bibles, you want to turn to Acts 2 and Mark 8. Uh, I'll end up in Mark 8. If you want to turn to Acts 2, going to look at a lot of Scripture, so you may want to track on the screen. It may be easier for you. I uh, also want to say it was great to see Pastor Brian uh, with us this weekend. Yeah. He... Uh, I think he came down from Wisconsin just to get a little taste of warm weather before the cold gets here, but uh, it's great to see them. Well, we're in part two of a series we entitled My Best Friend. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. And let me encourage you, if you missed last weekend, to go online and watch it so this will make sense. I really felt in the summer the Lord, or I should say more specifically the Holy Spirit, really put this on my heart, almost that the Holy Spirit was grieved that he wanted us to understand him. So that's what we're doing. That's the purpose of this, so that you will know more about him. And, and you know, if you want to know more about the Holy Spirit, uh, let, let me tell you, uh, don't do it without studying the Word, okay? Because if you try to find out about the Holy Spirit, it, you, you may have some strange experiences because, you know, uh, he, he's not the only spirit out there. You, you did know that, right? I mean, John wrote, do not, believe, do not believe every spirit. Paul wrote, hey, uh, he, to warn us about the doctrine of demons. So if the enemy can't trip people up with ordinary sins, he'll use religious sins, doctrines and ideas that come from a spirit other than the Holy Spirit to try to push people into some form of extremism. And I have met people who are in that area of just kind of a hard edge. They're just religiously mean. I know you've never met any, and none of them are here. They're somewhere else. But uh, it's, it's a religious spirit, and they're so wound up and so tight that all the springs are broken. You know, they, they can't enjoy the main thing for, you know, for, for complaining about the lights or the, or the haze or, or, or whatever. I mean, we literally have had people in, in our history get up, you know, within, within 30 seconds and walk out and say, this is not church. I mean, you know, and, and listen, <laughs> we've even had people get up and walk out when I start to teach on the Holy Spirit. 
Hey, I bet ain't nobody walking out of here in this one. <laughs> yeah, camera guys, be ready. Get them on the screen if they do. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> but there's such a religious spirit sometimes, and, and people, they're, they're hostile if you don't see things exactly the way they do. And I'll be honest with you. Cities like Mobile, with a history of churches, can have more religious spirits than a place that had very, has very little church history. And we've seen it. I've seen it over my lifetime. And when you, I'll use this phrase. It's not necessarily the correct phrase, but you'll understand it. We see these storefront churches everywhere, and a lot of them started because they got into some religious fight. Somebody called it a split. And, and so they, they're on, on their tangent, on their area, they're going to go start a church. So I, I want to warn you as we get into this, I want you to study the Holy Spirit by reading the Word and allowing the Holy Spirit to confirm at the Word and, and resonate. That, you know, not everything on the Internet is true and, and accurate in the spiritual world. But you see, here's what, here's what I want you to see. And this, I'm going to talk about this. The Holy Spirit wants to give you ears to hear and eyes to see in the spiritual. Now, I want to do this. I want, to sh I want to show you something. Have you ever heard the expression baptized in the Holy Spirit? Or baptized with the Holy Spirit, baptized of the Holy Spirit? L let me say that as I get into this, this is firm biblical ground we're going to believe in believing in the Holy Spirit. And, and you may be saying, well, you know, I, I love City Hope Church, and all of a sudden now, what are you, Pentecostal or charismatic? Now, we began the church in believing in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But one thing we don't believe in is that you have to be goofy or weird if you believe in the Holy Spirit. And I hope if you're new here that you're not thinking, oh, he's talking about weird and, and wacky. No, here's what I'm talking about, because he, this is what I pointed out last week's message. We're talking about his power, his love, his fruits, and his gifts in our lives. The whole package. Not one isolated something, or not one extreme, or not abuse or neglect. And, and then you think about it, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Why do we need to be afraid of a gift that's from God? So when we talk about the gifts later in this series, I want you to understand that Satan does not want you to have an ongoing relationship with the Holy Spirit. He does not want the Holy Spirit to be your best friend. And I, I kind of gave you my idea of how this happened 130, 40 years ago, and, or 120 years ago in our country as the birth of this and how the enemies used this and manipulated it. So you've you got to go listen to the other last week's message. So in this, in this teaching... I want you to read the Bible. I want you to see what the Bible says, and we're going to see that because I feel like that in our culture, it's almost we're afraid to talk about the forgotten God of our world, and that's the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. So, baptism in the Holy Spirit. Does he baptize? What, what does that mean? I want to show you three baptisms that are in the Scripture. Here's the first one. It's the baptism into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, and whether slave or free. We've all been made to drink into one spirit. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is not the baptism in the Holy Spirit. In other words, this is the baptism that the Holy Spirit performs, but there's another baptism that Jesus performs. And Jesus wants to baptize us into the Holy Spirit. So when you get born again, you get saved, theologically, you get baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. 
So in order to go to heaven, all you need to do is believe and repent, and, 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 and you're there, okay? Yeah, it's like the thief on the cross. He repented and he believed in just a few minutes. He's, he's going to meet the Lord in heaven, okay? So he didn't have time to get water baptism. Water baptized does not seal your salvation. He didn't have time to be filled with the Holy Spirit because the uh, Holy Spirit has, hadn't even been birthed yet on the earth. And secondly, his life was short. He, you know, he, 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 it, you need it for your entire lifespan walking through life. So the Bible speaks of Jesus wanting to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. So the first baptism is in the body of Christ. Here's the second baptism. It's baptism into water. Matthew 8, uh, 28, 19. Go therefore make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who's doing the baptizing there? The disciples, the followers of Jesus. What are they baptizing us into? Water. Here's the third baptism. Baptism into the Holy Spirit. Matthew, 13, uh, Matthew 3, 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit in fire. He Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And if you look at that verse and notice that grammatically, not just theologically, that cannot be the same baptism that we just read in 1 Corinthians. Because that verse says the Holy Spirit, the subject, baptizes us unto Jesus. The verse in 1 Corinthians says Jesus baptizes us into the Holy Spirit. So 1 Corinthians, let me just kind of recap that because I really want you to capture this. 1 Corinthians says the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. Matthew 3 says Jesus will baptize us with the Holy Spirit after we get saved. Now, this is really important. Let me tell you one reason it's so important. This is one of the few things that are in all four of the Gospels. The Gospels. John's Gospel is writing the first two years of Jesus' life. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're writing the last year, one year. Okay, so you, you'll see some things in John that are not in the other. The, you know, the woman at the well, uh, Lazarus, and those kind of things. But, but you have to understand that, that the parables and the teachings, they're so similar. They're called the synoptic Gospels because it means similar. But there, there are things that are in all four. The birth of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection is there. But also the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I just read it in Matthew, but listen to it in Mark. Mark 1.8, I indeed baptize you with water, but he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke 3.16, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap is not worthy to lose. I'm not worthy to lose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit in fire. Then John 1.33, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water, said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining. Notice that phrase. Whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And that's a really a great verse because it gives us insight into the Holy Spirit. If you, if you see that the Holy Spirit is descending and remaining, that, that's a wonderful uh, definition of the Holy Spirit. Because before Jesus and the Holy Spirit descended on him in the Old Testament, there's just certain people the Holy Spirit descended but didn't remain. So Jesus is the first one ever. The Spirit descends and remains. And this is because of the new covenant. The Holy Spirit wants to descend and remain on you and in you. And this verse is we see Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then it says, and, and we get hung up on this, and we think like this sometimes. And it says he was water baptized, the Holy Spirit, like a dove. And we read a dove like the Spirit. That, that's not what it says. It says the Spirit like a dove. And so it's not a dove, it's the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not a dove. And so the, the word dove there is a simile, and it can be removed from the sentence. So the Holy Spirit's the subject. Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus. The Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, and the Holy Spirit wants to become on us. And that's in all four Gospels. 
Now, in Luke 24 and Acts, what we have is have Jesus' last words before he goes back to be at the right hand of the Father. And a lot of people think his last words were the word go, but it really isn't because it's not the last word. In Acts 1-4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So the last words of Jesus were not go, the last words were wait to his disciples. Wait until what? Till you're endued with power on high, until you receive the promise of the Father, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Here's what he's saying to these guys. If you go without the promise, it'll be hard. It'll be tough. If you go with the promise, you'll be able to do a whole lot more, more and conquer more. So I want to show you these three baptisms now in, in, the, in the lives of some people in the Bible, because the, the, most of the time, you, you, you know, you don't get water baptized as soon as you get saved. So I've seen it sometimes on the mission field in different places, somebody gets saved and they, they go right to the creek, right behind the church, okay? But for the most part, it's, it's a later time, okay? And, and, and so you get saved. And, and here's why I'm saying this. I'm, I'm not saying you need to be baptized in water to go to heaven, and I'm not saying you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to go to heaven. There are organizations, denominations that teach that, but that's not true. If, after you believe in Jesus, you should be baptized in water, and you also need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So watch what happens. Acts 2.37. This is after the day of Pentecost. Peter walks out. It's the, it's the feast of Pentecost. So there's thousands of people there, nations, all the nations. There's 16, 18, 19 nations there, all these people. And he walks out, and they know something's going on because of the sound and what's going on. So he walks out, and he preaches a sermon. And, and then and, and they hear the sermon, and then here's what happens in verse 37. And when they heard this, the sermon, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Notice the question, what shall we do? Not to just be saved, but what shall we do? So Peter says, well, I'm going to give them all three. I'm going to give them all three baptisms. Verse 38, and Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and this promise is for you and your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. So that puts us in that category, far off, 2,000 years. That's us. So you can see all three. It's all through the Bible. Moses, he's a type of Christ. It's there with them leaving uh, Egypt. There's the types and shadows of that. Abraham and his life, it's the same thing. Types and shadows of the, of the three baptisms all through. So you may be thinking this, okay? Well, I thought I was baptized when I got saved. The Holy Spirit baptizes you into Jesus, but Jesus has something he wants to do for you. He wants to baptize you with power from on high. And, you know, it, you know, why would we say no to that? Well, I touched on it last week because of our mindsets. Because sometimes we have experiences. When someone says Holy Spirit, we, we, we throw up the walls and we don't want to talk about it at all. And then we, sometimes we say Holy Spirit and we've got the weird and the fanatical over here. And so we have two extremes. And so what, what we're, here's what we're missing out, and I think this is what grieves the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm a gift for you, and I'm a gentleman, and I'm not weird, and I'm not strange, but so many people are missing out on what I have to give them to endue them with power, which is a covering that you wear spiritually to give you power, to give you insight, to give you direction. And, and, and so you know, Christians today will, you know, can, can be defeated uh, in, in the world just like people in the world, but the difference maker is, is, is the Holy Spirit and understanding understanding the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So, now, let me, let me go to where I want to go, okay? If you've been around here a long time, you've heard me say this and teach this. I've been doing it 17 years. 
You are a spirit. You possess a soul. You live in a body. Say it with me. I'm a spirit. I possess a soul. I live in a body. Okay? That's how we're made. Okay? Now, God is a spirit. And God's spirit wants to talk to my spirit. That's how he talks to me. That's how he talks to you, spirit to spirit. So he, he speaks. He, he speaks. And the scripture says that the spirit bears witness with our spirit. So in other words, let me say it this way. You can hear God because you're a spirit too. But we have to learn to communicate through the spirit. So if I have all these preconceived ideas and even some of the teachings we grew up in, and especially in the Bible Belt, that's kind of like, no, that, that's weird, that's that and that. See, it's not the Holy Spirit, it's the people that were weird. It's the movement, it's the denomination, it's, it's the premise, it's the misunderstanding, it's the focusing on one thing and not on, other, on the whole thing. It's not the balance of the love of God and the power of God and the gifts of God and the fruits of God. It's not a balance of all of those things, it's an extremism. So, you know, let, let, you, let me say it this way. You can't see him or feel him or hear him in the natural, the Holy Spirit. And I, and I understand. Now, if, if God wants to manifest physically before you, he, he could. Or if he wants to speak audibly, he, he can do that. I don't think he speaks audibly because he wants our relationship with him to be by faith. Because it takes faith to hear the Holy Spirit, not, not the audible in the natural. That's in the natural. The, by faith is a spiritual. So what does he want to do? He wants to develop our spiritual ears and spiritual eyes, spirit to spirit. And, and so if we're not going to see him, feel him, or hear him in the natural, we have to learn, we have to grow, we have to mature to hear him, feel him, see him in the spiritual. And, and, and listen, let, let me tell you this. Your spirit will live forever. And by the way, in one of two places, okay? Your spirit will live forever. When you get to heaven, if you're a believer and you get to heaven, you're going to have the same spiritual equipment that you have right now. Now, you're going to get a new body, and everybody said, thank the Lord. Uh, you're going to get a new body, but you're going to have the same spiritual equipment. When, you're, when you die, your body goes back to the earth, but your spirit's going to go to heaven. And so, here, watch, when you're in heaven, it's your spirit. You are a spirit. Your spirit is going to talk to the Lord. Your spirit's going to talk to Jesus. Your spirit's going to talk to your family members. Your spirit's going to talk to people there you see. And I mean, it's going to be your spirit. And, and so, you, your spirit, you, you, so right now, what we need to do is to go ahead and learn how to communicate spirit to spirit. We need to learn how to listen to the spirit right now and learn how to use our spirit on the earth so that we can see and hear and know what God is doing in our lives and in our family. And, and, you, and you learn this and develop it over years by a relationship with the Holy Spirit, being your best friend. You learn to trust him. And, and so you say, well, how do you hear God clearly? What if it's that other spirit? I promise you that as you grow and you learn, you know. You don't even have to doubt. You know it's the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and you know, it's, it's kind of like, well, how, how, do you, how do you hear your spouse clearly? You spend time with them. I mean, if you didn't have caller ID and you just answered the phone, you'd know their voice immediately. And so, you know, you, you spend time with the Holy Spirit. You know his voice. When the Holy Spirit speaks to me, I, I don't say, who is that? Is that a devil? Is that a demon? No, I know immediately, and I say, I say, yes, sir, here I am. <laughs> what do you want me to do? He's a spirit. We're a spirit. So watch. 1 Corinthians 2.9. I, I want to take a little of the spook out of this. Watch. 1 Corinthians 2.9. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, here's how this has been quoted in church, and I've heard it all my life, and you have too, so I'll give you a little paraphrase. 
Well, you know, the Bible says, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, hasn't entered into the heart of things. All these things that God has prepared for us. We, we, we can't know all those things. We just can't know. I've often wondered why they didn't read the next verse. Because the next verse says, but God. See, they didn't read the but God. But God has revealed, notice the word reveal, I'll tell you what it is in the Greek in a minute, has revealed to them through us, through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Well, never read the but God. So God can reveal those things to us, things that are, are deep, things that are, that, that are in the future, things that are for directions right now. How? Through his spirit. So I need to develop my spiritual person. Yes, God wants us to know things that are, re, that, that are not received in the natural mind. Our biggest obstacle is we were trained and taught to trust our natural senses, okay? And, and, and so that's some of the resistance. But I promise you, you are a spirit, and when God's spirit is tugging on your heart, it means his spirit wants to talk to you and communicate with you, and so you can have discernment. This is the Holy Spirit talking. And, and you see that Greek word in verse, in, in verse 10 where, where it says the Holy Spirit reveals? It's a Greek word, apokalupto, and, and here's what it means. It means to pull the curtain back. So, so listen to it then. So God has pulled the curtain back, to us through his spirit. Well, what do you mean pull the curtain back? What, what's he trying to do? He wants us to be able to see behind the curtain, but we can't do it with our natural eyes. We have to have spiritual eyes. I mean, I need to see behind the curtain health-wise, our marriage, our children, our, our different things that are coming. I need to have understanding of this, and I can have, I can have that. But only through the Spirit can he pull back those curtains. And, and it's difficult because we've, we've been taught to trust the natural. And, and, and so if we're taught to trust the natural and then we see stuff that's weird, and, and listen, most of the stuff in the natural that is weird, it's in the natural, okay? And that's why your senses go up. I understand that. But, but when there's something that's spiritual and it's real and it really happens, your spirit knows. You, you can be a lost person and God, do, God does a miracle. You, you know. I mean, there's just, like, there's just no doubt to it. But, but only the Holy Spirit can pull the curtain back. And, and, and see, so let me say it this way. Most people don't hear the Holy Spirit because they have a hearing problem. No, they have a listening problem. There's a difference in a hearing and a listening problem. Most people don't see the Holy Spirit in their lives because they have a seeing problem. They have a sight problem. And, 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 and you're, I hope you believe this. If, if you don't believe this one, I, I can't get you anywhere else. There is nothing wrong with your spiritual eyes and ears. All of us were born and equipped with spiritual eyes and ears. The problem is not hearing and seeing. The problem is listening and looking. So we have to look. We have to listen. You say, well, I, I don't understand that. Well, maybe this will help you understand, especially the men. Has your spouse, you, you ask your spouse a question, and she says, I already told you that. I told you that last week. Do, do you have a hearing problem? No, you were watching a ball game. So you have a listening problem. Ladies, that's a good time to tell them you're going shopping. <laughs> Same thing with the children. You finish dinner. Hey, kids, I want the bedroom cleaned up before you go to sleep. And you go in there to tuck them in, and it's like, what happened? I told you to... What? When? I didn't hear you. You didn't say, you know, just like this little battle going on. They don't have a hearing problem. They have a listening problem. We don't have a hearing problem in the spirit. We have a listening problem. Now, I've been speeding to get to this part, okay? That means I've been going real fast. I know. Mark 8, 
verse 22. Here's a story. I want to show you this, okay? I'm going to show you in the Scripture how the spiritual and the natural works. And Jesus is going to teach this for the disciples and for us today, okay? So, chapter 8, verse 22. Then he, Jesus, came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand, led him out of the town. When he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. He looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up, and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Why did this happen? Okay, I'm, I'm going to give you an example of some teachings that are taught from a natural mindset. Listen, listen to what they say, and these, these nauseate me, okay? Well, one teaching is this, well, even Jesus doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't work the first time, even with Jesus. I mean, that's as stupid as it can be. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense at all. Or even this one I've heard, uh, you know, well, you know, Jesus was a man. Maybe he needed to build his faith. Oh, so Jesus has doubt? That's an example of people trying to explain the word in their natural minds. Here's the key to the story. It's what he saw the first time. He puts his hands on him, and then he asks a question. He wants to know, what do you see the first time? Men like trees walking. What did Jesus do? He opened his spiritual eyes first. Why? Because trees in the Scripture are a type, a symbol, a shadow of men, okay? Psalms 1.1, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Psalms uh, 52 and 8, I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I mean, there's Scripture after Scripture that likens mankind uh, to trees. It's, it's, a, it's a type. So what Jesus does, he walks up to this blind man, puts his hands on him, and opens his spiritual eyes first because he would not have known that in the natural. That was a spiritual sight that this man had. Now, here's my question for you. Would you like for the Holy Spirit to confirm that with you? What I just shared with you. Would, would you like that? Six people like that. Okay, seven. Okay. I want to look at the context. Here's what it means by context. Here's why we have 22,000 denominations in our nation, okay? Because somebody takes something out of context and they build their whole little world on it, okay? Here's what it means by context. You look at the scriptures before it and you look at the scriptures after it. So you see how it fits in context. So let me tell you this story because this is why Jesus did this. And he, he, in Mark 8, same chapter, the first 10 verses, Jesus is feeding 4,000 people. In verses 11 and 12, the Pharisees come and, and, and drill him and question him. And now in verse 14, here's what happens. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. They're going to get in the boat, going to cross the, the Sea of Galilee. They forgot to take bread, and they didn't have more than one loaf with them. We didn't go to the store. We only have one loaf of bread. That's the natural. Verse 15, then he, Jesus, charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And what they reason among themselves, saying, Oh, he, he just got onto us because we have no bread. Jesus is talking spiritual. They're thinking natural. Beware of the leaven or the bread of the Pharisees. Bread represents the word or the teaching of the word. So he's saying beware of the teaching of the Pharisees. So they get in the boat with one loaf of bread. He says, hey, guys, beware of the bread of leaven. 
verse 17 and jesus being aware of it what they're talking about and they're thinking natural what do you reason because you have no why do you reason because you have no bread do you not yet perceive nor understand is your heart still hardened having eyes do you not see and having ears do you not hear and do you not remember do you remember when i broke the five loaves for the five thousand how many baskets full of fragments did you take up and they said twelve and when I broke the seven for the 4,000, and that just happened just, just, re, just a day or two before, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said seven. And he said to them, how is it you don't understand? And they said to each other, I can just see them turning, I told you we should have got bread. Why didn't you? It was your fault. You said we didn't need bread. I told you we should have got the bread. So Jesus is saying, how is it you don't get this? If I wanted bread in the natural, I think I proved I can do that. Bread's not the problem. We can handle this. We got one loaf for 12 guys. So do, do you know why you think I'm talking about natural bread? It's because your eyes can't see. Your ears can't hear. You're not listening through spiritual eyes, looking at me through spiritual eyes. And then they get off the boat, and as soon as they get off the boat, here's the conversation. Guess what happens? They bring the blind man to him. Jesus, I'm going to teach them a lesson. I'm going to teach everybody a lesson. I want you to see that everyone has two sets of eyes. You have spiritual and you have natural eyes, okay? So I want you to see this. I want you to understand this because this piece, this, this understanding of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, yes, it's for me to give me spiritual eyes and spiritual ears, but listen, it's not just for me and my four and, and my, little, my little club and my little house. No, 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 no. It's for the kingdom of God. It, it, it's to get outside of where you live because our, the hope of the world is the church. And if the church isn't operating with the power to, to hear and see the spiritual things, we will miss out on prime opportunities. I want, you to listen, I want you to listen to Ben's story. He's one of our guys in our church. Listen to what the Holy Spirit did through him. of the Holy Spirit before you make a decision um, can truly be a matter of life or death. I've been in uh, the fire service for 10 years and I've been a paramedic for six and a half. My truck um, was the eight o'clock truck and the other ambulance was on, came on at seven o'clock in the morning. And on that truck was a paramedic who um, He'd been doing this for 25 years. He was a very hard person. He was very hard to be around. And by the way he, um, the way he talked, the way he lived his life, you could tell he didn't know the Lord, didn't have a relationship with the Lord. One day I came in for my shift and we had an early morning call and we take the patient to the hospital. And as we're going past the room and I, I look and there's, there's Wayne lying in the bed. He went to the hospital with abdominal pain and they diagnosed him with an abdominal aortic aneurysm. We didn't really know the magnitude of the situation at the time. We leave and I get back to our station and our supervisor calls up the other truck that's there and says, hey, go fuel up and be taking Wayne to Birmingham. And shortly after he called the, he called the other truck, he said, ah, he's too unstable. Life Flight's gonna come and pick him up and take him to Birmingham. And as soon as I heard that, the Holy Spirit said, you need to get to Thomas as fast as you can. 
uh, the burden I had just, I mean, it was just like, it was an urgency I've never had before. And I get into the room and it almost says that the Holy Spirit had already been preparing Wayne um, before we even got there. I remember saying, hey, you mind if I talk with you? We both know you're sick. You're never guaranteed tomorrow. And I said, if you're going to die right now, if you were to take your last breath, whether it be from the condition you have or from something else, do you know where you're going? And he couldn't answer it. So he prayed to receive Christ in the room, and we got a call. We had to leave. But I prayed with him one more time before he left. I was like, you know, the jet will be here soon. I'll, I'll see you. I, you know, I'll try to see you before you go one more time. And we get back to the hospital, and we're walking in, and I look, and there is a crash cart sitting next to his room. He wasn't breathing, didn't have a pulse. All the doctors from the hospital were in there. I mean, there was so many surgeons in there, and I remember just thinking, oh my gosh, what if I'd waited 15 more minutes, you know? It's five minutes, I mean, who knows? I don't know, it wasn't long, right after he prayed to receive Christ, that he went into cardiac arrest. And they were able to regain a pulse, and they took him back to surgery, and he died on the operating table a couple hours later. Just to think about, you know, like, what the Holy Spirit does and the way he, his timing is, I mean, it's, it's perfect, you know. And there's sometimes like, man, this can't be just right. And then at the, the looking at the big picture, everything just kind of worked out. And you just got to act on the faith that, you know what, Lord, I don't exactly know what I'm doing, but you do, and I'm just going to be obedient to what you have for me. You never know what can happen. See, what was operating had been, and I talked about it last week, the love, the power of God, the boldness to do what he did because they cleared the room out so he could talk to him one-on-one. The spirit, the character, the nature, the gift, the faith to do what he had to do. See, here's the deal. It's just like salvation. No one needs to talk you into it. You need to make a decision. Same thing with the Holy Spirit. No one needs to talk you into it. You need to make a decision. And here's what I've heard all my life, okay? Here's what I've heard. I, I was, I don't know, 15, 16 years old when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was, it was all my life. All my life, here's what I've heard from people who became hungry and decided, I need more. Here's what I've heard. And, and some of you can probably agree with this. I don't know how I did it. I don't know how I made it without it, without him. I, I don't know how I... It just enlightens everything in your life. So here's what I want to do. We're going to close. Campus pastor, or a pastor's going to come close you guys out and give you directions. But, but I want to pray for you, and then they'll give you directions. But I really want you to come today specifically to meet my best friend. I'm going to ask you when you leave today to hold your conversations until you get in the commons just to kind of keep everything quiet. and but see, the Holy Spirit's gentle, and the Holy Spirit is such a gentleman. And I don't want anything to distract you. And if you make that decision, I want to come, and some will be here to pray with you. 
Okay? Everybody good? Anybody stop breathing yet? Okay. Lord, thank you so much. You knew we had to be redeemed. And you knew also that we needed your spirit on this earth so you could talk to us daily and direct us and lead us and guide us. And Lord, I wish there were a way to back up time and correct all the wrongs and all the abuses and neglects and all the camps and just keep this thing pure. But all we can do now is move forward with who you really are and how easy it is to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I pray that nothing will steal the seed of the word that I've taught today and that people will respond on their time in their place. In Jesus' name.